0: Well, welcome, welcome to our show
1: So, joining me today on uh, the Station Bridge is Marcus Gibbs, who is the editor for Galantz. Now, this is a particularly interesting interview, because I know the Elite fans for the last year, having seen Galantz back, Elite Dangerous, very early on in the Kickstarter, were wondering where Galantz disappeared to. Well, now they're back. Now they're back with their books ready, and uh, Marcus is here to join me and to talk all about them. Welcome, Marcus. Thank you very much for having me, and um, yes,
0: I'm sorry we, we went quiet for a bit, but the uh reassure you all, the books are all approved by Frontier, they're all being produced, they're, we're all going ahead, and they're going to be a lot of fun.
1: Absolutely, excellent. Okay, so Marcus, for the unfamiliar, could you explain a little bit about the Galantz organisation? What is Galantz?
0: So Galantz is an imprint of the Orion Publishing Group. Um, Orion was set up about 22 years ago, and it has bought a lot of other imprints over the years, including Galantz. The history of Galantz goes back many, many years. Uh, it's been a science fiction and fantasy publisher for 51 years now, but before that it was also a general publisher. So in fact published George Orwell and um Daphne du Maurier and people like that. But really in the last sort of twenty years it's been a dedicated science fiction and fantasy and horror imprint. We've got a great list of authors. We're a very, very successful imprint. We are the, currently the second biggest SFF imprint in the UK. We would be number one if it wasn't for Pesky George R. R. Martin selling quite so many copies at the moment. And yeah, we've we've always been very engaged with science fiction and fantasy communities. We've done a few game times in the past, but when this came up, there were fans in the office, and we decided that it would be a very
1: interesting way to publish a book. I'm very aware there is a, a link with Robert Holstock originally, isn't there? With the, the fact that um, he was uh, he was the writer of the Dark Wheel and, and was a glance author.
0: Well, absolutely, and uh, obviously a very sad loss. He was very close to um, many people in the office before my time, sadly, but uh, there are some very good friends of his in the office. I would love to be able to republish the Dark Wheel, but we've seen people struggling with finding out exactly where the rights are held at the moment. But yes. Um, that was in the forefront of our minds as well. That novel or novella really had such an impact on me and many other readers, of course, at the time. And it's, you know, it's a side piece of work. It's, it's a very short thing, but it really brought the game to life.
1: When did you first hear about Elite coming back? On the
0: first day of the Kickstarter, actually, I believe. I think it would have been news report from memory, but it may have been somewhere on, somewhere on Twitter. I'm a Kickstarter user, so I would have found it eventually. I'm pretty sure it was the first day that I pledged, um, and that was my own personal pledge which sort of kept on creeping up and up as I went, yeah, maybe I'll put a bit more into this. And then conversations in the office were ongoing, um, and in the end we ended up going for the, for the, the rise of tax.
1: Yeah, no, I, I think that kind of chimes in with pretty much every other fan, as it were, in that uh, most of us sort of started looking at it, and then uh, gradually our pledges increased as uh, as we were trying to support it more and hoping that, that the thing would come through. And then obviously very helpful to have a, a publishing company that are prepared to back it and come in on the uh, packs as things went. To be honest, I took great pleasure in making
0: sure that our three pledges all happened in roughly the same couple of minutes because, of course, then so many people were on the Kickstarter page commenting and looking at the totals and wondering if it was going to make it. I was rather pleased to... Put on thirteen and a half thousand pounds in two minutes, and watch the total jump. And watch people go, "What the hell just happened?"
1: Yeah, absolutely. No, it it is nice, and you know, it, it is nice in any Kickstarter project to suddenly then see this little spike come up, and uh, all works very well in that regard. And yeah, no, it, you know, you can make a ripple in a day, which uh, which is obviously is is very useful, and particularly with the way the elite Kickstarter went. You know, with it going a, a little bit slow in the middle
0: when it first started, I thought it was a very very uh, optimistic goal. And I would have been surprised if sure. it hadn't made it. And towards the mid, I just said it slowed down a bit. But at that point, I was thinking, yeah, it's probably got enough momentum. Having backed a, a, a fair few Kickstarter campaigns before, there is always that lull. But yeah, it, it looked like it was going the right way by the time we got permission uh,
1: from the of be to go ahead and it so. so has Glance done any other computer game tie-ins? We've done a few.
0: The most recent was a tie-in to Crisis 3. It was a, no- um, a novel, well, sort of a collection of linked short stories called Crisis Escalation by an author called Gavin Smith. Uh, I was in charge of that project. That was my first one, we've also, uh, before I joined events, there were three EVE Online clients, not dissimilar in some ways to Elite. I mean, obviously very different games, but the same the Universe. Fable 2, we did the novel for that. And we also publish Andrey Sapkowski's Witcher novels. So although they're not game adaptations, they are the source on which the Witcher games are based so we have experience through that as well. And Metro 2033 and 2034, we publish the novels that those games are based on as well.
1: I guess, I guess that gives it, you know, you a slightly different experience in there, you know, the idea of the, essentially the franchise and the release with the tied fiction together. Has there been any other occasions with those that um, that so much fiction has, has come out at the same time as a game release?
0: No, no, never. And it's it's very interesting. I mean, normally when you get a license, whether it's for a children's TV show or for a computer game or anything like that, it is exclusive to you. You are the publisher of fiction or non-fiction based on that license or that brand. And you wouldn't normally want other people out there taking your market, as it were. This is a different case. And we are very, very keen to support where we can the other books. I think it all adds to the same game world. It all adds background and detail and colour to the game. We have spoken to Frontier about, you know, we're going to put the names of the other books in our editions. So there will be a page saying other elite novels include blah, blah from Galance and then blah, blah, blah from fantastic books. And then the individual ones, if the authors are happy with that, which I hope they will be. And we're talking to Frontier about ways in which we can, when we're speaking to our audience, you know, we're not going to go overboard. We're going to say these are the three books we'd really like you to buy, but there are also all these other excellent books available for you. So if you get sucked into the world, they're there, and we're hoping
1: that we can push people towards the other puppets. Um I'm I'm entirely fine with that. You can you can put my book in there okay. anytime you like to.
0: <laughs> in fact, I think all of them on Kickstarter. But I
1: may have missed one. Oh, did you? Oh, okay. I'll go look in my backers list. No, I'd not seen you. in My I, I will go and have but a look. I coffee. may
0: have missed one because by the time I'd done my fifth or sixth, <laughs> I, I I decided if they made it to the goal and I would. Yeah, sure,
1: uh, say, sure. Look,
0: you know, if, I could, if, I, if it looked like I could help this thing off in the grid, then I would. I think I could hold them. But, you know, I'd have loved to have done them all. The, the complexities of publishing and obviously for the elite fans, it's not a problem. But also, mm. you know, we want these books in bookshops. We want people to, perhaps we don't even know that the games come back, look at them and go, either, oh, it's a new book by that author. Or oh, I didn't know a legal back. And three is problematic enough. If you go into Waterstones or whatever and you say I've got these books and they've got if you've got three, they look at them and they go, well, that's quite a lot of shelf space for for a relatively untested project. More yeah. than that would be very, would <clears throat> be very problematic for us. Um, me and my boss, who was also a big fan, we went into the publishing meeting to make the pitch, say so that we wanted a license to do a book. And it was just before Christmas, and I think everyone was a bit the more happy. And the person who signed the checks went, so explain this to me again. How many writers packed are there? And I said, there's 10, and a couple have gone already, and there are these kick-starters trying to pick up some more. But we know there'll be other books out there, but we're fine with that. They're all sort of fan-led. Yeah, we, yeah. Can, we can make a difference. And he looked at me, and he looked at John, my boss, and he said, so there are seven letters left. At and we went, yep. And he went, why don't we just buy all seven? <laughs> <laughs> and the rest of the team around the table. This is not a man who is known for throwing around money the rest of the team around the table at the point where I'd expect them to go, ooh, went, hmm, that's interesting. We <laughs> and me and John looked at each other and we sort of a look of panic crossed our faces and we went we came in here thinking we might get one if we were lucky. <laughs> obsessed, Do we think we can cope with this? And we sort of not quite psychically agreed on three and both said at about the same time. I said, What about three? Three's nice, isn't it? <laughs> uh,
1: it? To be honest, you know, from from my point of view, I mean I, I approached everything very late in that um, I was there at the start of the Kickstarter and then, um, you know, put the stuff through and, and, and sort of pledged to a certain level and then kind of looked at it and went, gosh, that's an awful lot of uh, money for a writer's back. So got involved with the other writers that um, uh, that were doing stuff with Kate and, and a couple of the others and said, "I you know, I'd help editing and what have you, um, because obviously teaching writing for about 10 years, you know, I, I, I see quite a lot of writing and, you Absolutely. Know, I then approached Frontier having approached the, the writer, uh, some of the writers approached Frontier and said, you're going to need someone to help you do the guidebooks uh, and all the guide material. And so Michael said, yeah, you know, I mean, if this is your research area, yeah, we're quite happy to to help you. So I actually wrote most of the guide material.
0: Oh, fantastic. I'm just just looking. I'm afraid I didn't back yours, which I feel slightly.
1: (laughs) Which is quite quite all right.
0: (laughs) So I caught quite a few. So I backed Reclamation, Mm -hmm. Cost of Exploration, Survivor. Elite Anthology, Tales from the Frontier, Mostly Harmless, Elite Chronicles, and the possible one. And was there one on Indiegogo? Uh,
1: that was John Harper, I think, and, and Hear the Wheel, wasn't and it? And I believe I did that one as well. They'll be delighted. I'm sure some of them haven't even realised, which, uh, which is, is quite well, funny. But,
0: so you yeah. know, I am a fan of the game, and I very much wanted to, A, be involved, and B, yeah. support
1: it. Were you and, um, and any of the writers fans of the original game or the subsequent sequels?
0: I was certainly a massive fan of the original game. I played it on my dad's BBC Micro, and I got the BBC Master after that, and I have a vague recollection of playing it on an Archimedes, so I can't quite work out where that would have been. school.
1: I mean, an, an awful lot of schools had had Elite on the Archimedes. It was was a kind of thing, wasn't it? Yes, I'm, but, I'm uh,
0: fairly sure it's... I spent some time playing it on the Archimedes. Um, I didn't play either of the sequels. I've never right. really been a huge computer gamer, and I didn't have a computer that would play them when they came out. So... I don't remember the first sequels and hearing about this, and I'm pretty sure I remember looking at it in the shop and going, "Yep, no way this will work on my computer," which is actually the case for this one as well. because I bought the platform about three weeks ago, pretty much purely. I mean, I, I stay at school, but I know why I bought it. I bought to well, it to say Elite. Might defend
1: <laughs> play Elite,
0: but you know, I use it for writing and editing a little bit of one.
1: Obviously, this is you know this is important work.
0: Indeed, indeed. So yes, I, I I said it was all of the people who wrote the books were also big fans to varying extents of the franchise. I don't know how many of them played the sequel. They certainly all played the original game and were very big fans of it. I mean, we're, we're planning to come to one of the conventions. LaveCon. That'll be my
1: convention. That's your convention.
0: Of course it is. Sorry. <laughs> we're planning to all come to that. And I sort of I raised it with them thinking, well, you know, they might go, look, I've written the book, it's a weekend away, or at least a day away over the weekend. And they're all just like, oh, yeah, brilliant. That sounds great. So, um, yeah, they're all big fans. To you know, to varying extent, of course, don't get me wrong. But they'd all played a lot of the originals. They're all sort of the right age for it. When I when I when I announced that we'd bought these, like I had quite a lot of emails in the next couple of days from people who wanted to put their hat in the ring and book. And not all of them ended up being part of the of the license. But I was thrilled by how many people, both uh, writers who I admire hugely and know, and people who I didn't know so well but I'd heard of, and people who I hadn't really sort of registered. It was really, really exciting to see all these people sort of pop out of the woodwork and say, "You know what? Actually, I played a lot of that game. It really my project. I'd love to be involved." I was only really sorry that I couldn't please them all, and I had to make some decisions down the
1: line. Well, yeah. Now, obviously, you've you've then had to funnel and work out who to commission, as it were. So, uh, so in terms of the the development of the game, um, have you played through the current builds? And um, and have your writers played through them to to sort of get a feel of uh, for how the game environment's going to, to run? I certainly have. One of the benefits
0: of backing at the £4,500 level for your company is you get some of the benefits within that, like playing the Alpha. I played a lot of Alpha 2, not Alpha 1, because I didn't have a key machine that would run it. Alpha 2 has been a lot of fun. I, we're recording this the Monday after the Friday where they released Alpha 3. I tried over the weekend, but there's only so much time I'm prepared to sit staring at a spinning sidewinder. I reached it quite quick, yeah. I did manage to get in uh, once or twice. I landed, I docked, which was great. The space station was amazing, of course. By the time this goes out, everyone will probably be on Alpha Four or something, and they'll all be quite unimpressed by how impressed I was by the space station. But it's very nice.
1: No, absolutely. No, I had I had exactly the same experience. I have basically um, started playing on Saturday morning, and uh, and I've managed to get in twice. So, <laughs> I was about to give up and then it popped up and I
0: landed and I went in and I then went and I picked up some canisters at the asteroid one and then I came back and sold them and I was just like, oh, this is amazing. And then of course it stopped working again. But by that point, I was, let me back in, let me back
1: in. Yeah, no, absolutely. No, I, all I managed to do was land. So I landed, um, got back out and then was going to turn around and record some uh, some sound and and stuff for uh, for the podcasts and the, the game disconnected and then that was it. So, uh, yeah, so, yeah, so I, I think it's a very common experience with Alpha 3.0. So let's hope that um, when uh, when listeners are listening to this in a couple of weeks' time that obviously that's all fixed and uh, and they're all having a great time. Oh, I'm
0: sure. I mean, you know, this is why they do these things. They put them out there and they go, oh, that doesn't work, and then they find a solution. So I'm uh,
1: absolutely. You know, um, I didn't realise over
0: the weekend. I've actually got quite a lot of work on my place at the moment, and I was sitting there staring at the spinning thing. And I was just going, actually this is silly. Cause by looking at this now, I'm not doing the work I should be doing. Because when it's fixed, I'll have to do the work and not play the game.
1: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I was you know, supposedly editing scripts. So, uh, so yeah, no, it's uh, it always, always the, the sort of the trade off, isn't it, in terms of what's there. Um, what about uh, what about the writers who've uh, who've been involved? Have they uh, have had, they had a playthrough of, uh, of the alpha? I know that two of them have because they came around to my house and we
0: had pizza and beer and I plugged the laptop into the telly, and we all had a bit of a spin around.
1: That was for alpha two, I believe. I can't remember.
0: Um, of the other two, I believe they have. Uh, we all went up to Cambridge to Frontier quite early in the process and were shown of the game that hadn't been shown in public so that really helped us it wasn't an awful lot but it gave us a real sort of feel for the dynamics and we had a, we had a lovely day of course it was a lovely day i was there chatting to david braven which was you know quite a very productive few hours talking through with uh david and michael brooks what we had planned, what the authors wanted to do, and they gave us a lot of the, the detail and the information which was also in the, the, the material that we they found helpful. It was really helpful to go and have that one on one or rather five on two conversation with them.
1: Yeah, no absolutely it's um it certainly I mean when we, we obviously we interviewed David the other week at uh, at Inside Games and it is it is one of those moments that you you realise that somebody has uh, constructed something that uh, was was a synonymous piece of your childhood. And uh, and you kind of make that conscious decision as to whether you're going to suddenly melt on the floor or actually take the uh, take the opportunity seriously and deal with it in a professional way.
0: Yeah. And uh, <laughs> One of the perks of my job is I get to meet these people who shaped my childhood. And I, yeah. I was a bookseller for 10 years before I became an editor, and it happened all the time there. People came and find their books or whatever. So I, I developed a way of dealing with it, which is to shut that gibbering loon into the corner of my mind and, and you know, be professional as I can. But yeah, there are moments when, it, when it's threatened to break out
1: How, uh, you mentioned that there's a there's an awful lot of, there was an awful lot of interest uh, in terms of uh, these writer packs once you'd, uh, once you'd acquired them. How does Galantz go about selecting the cre- correct people for uh, for this kind of project?
0: Well, this was a sort of a slightly two-tier way. So obviously, I had names in mind that I would like to approach when we were first talking about this project. And I knew that there were people who would approach me. And it was really a question. We we absolutely had a a couple of names who, unfortunately, actually both of them were really interested in the project and we couldn't quite make the timings work and we couldn't quite make the, well, I was going to say finances. It wasn't the finances and the sizes. It was about the timings. But when you're going to relatively big-name authors and you're offering them a relatively small amount of money to do a project of love, they're often really up for it, but they have to be aware of the realities. And if they can't fit the timing in, then they can't do it. So, yes, we had a couple of names on the list who didn't quite work out. Although, if these books work, I would very much like to go back to Frontier and get the license to do some more, possibly. Uh, of course, it's going to be as to whether the game is a sort of massive, international, amazing success, or just the very good success I think we all know it's going to be. But there are a couple of people who, who couldn't do it then, who I hope might be able to do it now if the timings are a bit more relaxed. That's not actually got any information in any of those differences <laughs> um, So yes, we've been approached by some people, and we we approached a couple who I had on, on my hit list, as it were. And we ended up somewhere in between the two. It was really a question of, we wanted names if we could get them. We wanted names that people would, if not instantly recognize, sadly very few authors are instantly recognizable to most people, but at least bring something interesting to the project, bring either fans of their own or a reputation of their own or just a slightly slightly different book. What we didn't want was we didn't want three similar novels. We didn't want three... It's very easy to say it's elite, it's spaceships, it's piracy and cargo stealing. And we wanted to explore the world a bit more than that. So very much top of my mind was finding three different voices so the books would be different and bring different things to the the, the table. And then, yes, it was a question of we sat down with basically the list of people who expressed an interest all the people I'd approached who had said, yes, they, they would very much be up for it and worked it out from there. And actually one of the um one of them came about because the author we we're in the pub and we were chatting and he went, Why don't you ask me, you bastard? And I went, You'd never be interested in that And he went, actually I really, really, really would and he ended up being one of the authors.
1: Oh that's that's wonderful. Um in in terms of uh, your working process, I mean you mentioned um going down and having a, a chat with uh, with Frontier and with David and uh, and with Michael what about, um, did you did you make use of the Writers' Forum at all? Because obviously there was a separate forum set up for the writers to, to, to talk to Frontier and to, to iron out any questions. Was there any any sort of um, uh, use of that? Use is probably not quite the right word. Um,
0: we were aware of it and we looked at it. I, I left the authors to their own devices. They all came up with a proposal which was approved by Frontier, and then after that they sort of went away and wrote. And Frontier had provided all of the background documents that they had and as things changed, they would send us updates. And I think we felt that, that was quite a lot of the information we needed. To be honest, we, when we had questions, we tended to funnel them directly to Michael Brooks because we had that ability. And in retrospect, I think we've actually been a little bit more involved. And I think we're trying to rectify that now. But because we didn't have the authors such a long time we confirmed, and then they were away and they were writing, and we hadn't announced who they were. And by that point, because it had been such a long time since the original ones, we sort of felt that well if we announce now who are we gonna be talking to? So we really wanted to wait for the excitement around the game to be building up again, as, as you know, as it is now with the release of the Alphas, and then we could make a bit more of a splash. But in retrospect, I mean, I know that the people on the writing forum would have kept quiet about who the authors were we'd asked them to. And also I know that if we'd really wanted to, we could have found some way of anonymizing it. But it was, you know, it's not a mistake I'm gonna to go to my deathbed weeping over. But it was a mistake. We should we should probably have been more involved earlier on.
1: I think I mean you know the the decision in that regard is is quite a tricky one because obviously from uh, from an individual writer's perspective you know my use of the forum or or other writers' uses of uh, of the forum you know it's it's kind of already known who we are it's kind of already known what the project is that we're doing part of the the you know the sort of getting together of interest for that project and everything else is part of the crowdsource fund. So you can't really do it, you know, in a way that that doesn't reveal certain elements of what you're doing. So so that's part of your, you know, your commercial decision, as it were, because otherwise, you know, it probably wouldn't happen. From your point of view, the you know, the fact that um, that you're you know you're working for a, a business that is is essentially its its IP and everything else is, you know, is very important commercially to what's there. And essentially, you're going into a, a you know a group of people who you don't know and expecting to you know to trust them on faith when perhaps their priorities are slightly different to yours. So I, I think that's quite a hard decision, and I think it's probably you know the safe decision was the decision that you made in in that regard.
0: I mean, to a certain extent, I wonder if one of the, the really useful things about the writers forum for you guys was that it gave you someone to talk to. You could talk with other writers who would understand what you're going through about problems you might come across or things like that. Whereas for us we had four authors who uh, didn't actually already know each other but had met each other We're all working on the same project. They had me to talk to. They had mm. my boss, John who was also an elite fan and we had also that contact with Michael. So mm. in a sense I think they acted as their own little support group and if, I know that they discussed things amongst themselves and if things were really thorny they would come to me and I would talk to Michael about it. So I think in sense, they, they got that from being part of the Glance group, which if they'd been working on their own, perhaps they would find it more useful to go onto a forum and talk to like-minded authors.
1: Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I, I totally get that. I think that. Uh, I think that. You know, and you know, we're obviously we, we at this stage now where we're coming towards, you know, more towards releases. Then obviously those those communities start to stitch together, don't they? Because. Uh, I mean, the anthology group. Obviously, they they were all writing short stories, so they were slightly removed from the you know from the individual novelists and so on and so forth. So yeah, you know, I mean, it, it's just you find your way of working, I guess. Is the, you know, is the mechanism. I mean, as I said now now that
0: um, now that we're coming closer, actually, we, we very much want to get involved, and most of it will funnel through me. I'm going to be the public face. But when the authors are announced, which by the time you're hearing this, they will have been, you know, we're going to come to the convention. We're going to be at the launch party. Sadly, we can't be at the Fantastic Writers Convention. It's a real shame, but. That is the same weekend as London 3, which is the World Science Fiction Committee. hasn't been in London uh, for nine years, hasn't been in London for about 25. And the guest of honour, one of the guests of honour, is Malcolm Edwards, who is the MD of Galant.
1: So uh, we, we really <laughs> sort of need to be there to carry his seven chair around. And, and, uh, absolutely. Um, absolutely. I, I hadn't realised that Dan had put it on the same day as uh, as LongCon. That that might be yeah, and, and interesting. interesting. I might have to make the opposite decision for for a similar reason. Well, actually,
0: you know, I, I would I would love to be there. And uh, I think so. The, so with the authors, but two of them had already booked their tickets to LongCon. The other two are planning to be around. So sure, you know, it's one of those things. But my point is, you know, we're going to be involved to yeah. a certain extent. Uh, I'm going to be on the forum. Going to have to ask questions if I can. The authors will be around. We'll certainly talk to you know anybody who wants to talk to us about these things, we'll make it to official events as and when we can.
1: Brilliant. Okay, I think we're going to have to put the listeners out of their misery. Obviously, this is going to be transmitted a little bit after your uh, your publicity announcement, but um, I've got to ask the question that obviously they want me to ask at this stage. Who are your authors, Marcus?
0: Uh, yes, well, so our authors. So we have, as you know, three novels coming out. We actually have four authors. And what happened was two existing Galant authors who share a literary agent And who were already working together on a project for us, were huge fans and basically came and said, we have to do one. And they're both great writers. I know they can work well under pressure because I've worked with them before on projects like that. And they fit very well together. They write very well together. So it seemed like a a, an ideal situation. So Stephen Diaz and Gavin Smith, who are writing under the cunning pseudonym Gavin Diaz, are writing (laughs) the first of our books, which is Elite Wanted. Uh, Steve has written, over the last few years, around 15 books to glance. Gavin is slightly less prolific. He's written five for us, including a computer game tie to Crisis 3, which was done under great time pressure and with quite a lot of editorial guidelines from the game company, so we say. And he pulled it off. It's a remarkably, remarkably good book. And I knew that the two of them would write a really exciting adventure for it. And it's perhaps the most straightforwardly science fictional of our three books. It is the story of two pilots. They get caught up in and around a particular canister, a stolen canister, which a lot of people want, and they don't know quite why they want it, and they don't know quite how they have been caught up in everything that's going on around this canister, and it's a fight for their lives. And it's remarkably good fun. It feels very elitish as, as do all of the books, but it was always their task to write the science fiction thriller with exploding spaceships and massive battles and... All those things that we love about it, and they called it off. I'm going to be really, really positive about all three of these books for the obvious reason that I sort of have to them, but also because they're all brilliant. I picked people who I knew wrote well, wrote mm. well under pressure, and I knew would come up with something that I would love. Real mm. relief when they all did it as well.
1: Well, it's I guess it's I guess it's easy in the fact that you know being a fan. And uh, and knowing the the mythos beforehand, it, you know, you, you it's almost a selfish pleasure in that regard, isn't it? Oh, absolutely! So, I, you know, editing yeah. is never a chore for me. It's my job, and
0: I I like doing it. The actual physical mm-hmm. process of receiving a manuscript and sending it back, saying what you would change. Well. Actually, for these, it was very hard for me to not just go, oh, look, it's a little bit. <laughs> um, but yes, Elite Wanted by Gavin DS, our cunning pseudonym, in, is um, the first. Well, I keep on saying first. It was the first one handed in, so in my head, it's the first. And that is eighty thousand words of, of very exciting space battles. and it's actually—I mean, it's more than that. It does a lot to flesh out the world. They came up with some concepts which frontier approved. They use some frontier concepts as well, and it really feels like part of the universe. Great. Okay. Number two. The second book, the second book is *Elite Nemorensis*. Which okay. it came in, I looked at it and went, "I don't know what that word means," but it's actually a very interesting word. And I urge you to go and look up, but it does. Have a relation towards in the book, which is very clever. It won't be instantly obvious, but it's very clever one know it's there. Anyway, *Elite Nemesis* by Simon Scurrier. Now, Simon Scurrier is perhaps best known as a comic writer. He's currently writing *X-Men* for Marvel. He's done a lot of work on *Judge Dredd*. He's worked for a whole bunch of other companies. He is running a. If you if you don't don't know his work, there's a web comic called *Cross*. Wish you were here. The so cross is the overarching title. His is *Wish You Were Here*. Which is currently a couple hundred pages free online, so go and have a look at that. It, mm-hmm. it is very, very grim that it is not safe for work. It is not safe for people with. with... Not safe for the screen. No, absolutely not. But, uh, Sai is a rising star in American comics. He's a star in British comics. He's also a really good novelist. He has written two very good crime books for one of our sister companies. And he's also written a bunch of Warhammer tie-ins in the past, and it's also going back a bit that he doesn't do anymore. But, so. Again, he's someone I knew could write well under time pressure. Someone mm-hmm. who'd worked before with franchises, so he knew how that worked in terms of you know approvals and all of that. But he's also just a really interesting writer. Okay. And his book, Never this tells the story of uh, a pair of lovers who mm-hmm. go on the run across the universe. They are destroying and thundering for the sake of the sheer joy of the violence and the, the destruction. And they become unlikely rock stars. They become fated by the disaffected youth and it spirals from there, and we begin to learn why they're doing it, and we begin to learn who they are. And it, and in a place I don't think you'd expect it. To. It 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 was be one of the three books that I thought Frontier might not like this proposal because it takes the Elite universe in a slightly unusual ways. But actually, they were they were entirely for it. And it works really well. And it I can't say you know it breaks the game or anything like that. It 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 it, mm. it looks at a side of Elite that perhaps perhaps the has haven't often thought of.
1: Cool. Okay. It it, it sounds like it's. Uh certainly be very interesting in terms of taking some, you know, obviously some playing behaviour and uh, and seeing, you know, taking that further in terms of a story. So, uh, so yeah. yeah and, and no. you know,
0: it's, it's worth pointing out that all three of these books, as I say, we've worked closely with Frontier. They are set in the world. We've, we've looked at the background documents and the authors have picked elements that they wanted to use and reason of flesh them out. I, I think, I really hope that once people read these books and then go into the game, and obviously as you know, we haven't quite finalised the details on this yet, but... Part of, the, part of the page to name things in game I really really hope that people will read these books I and mean, they'll be flying around and they'll see a planet and they'll go ah that's the planet where X did Y in the book or that's the planet where these things are. okay alright on to number three then so if our first book could be described as heat in space film heat and our second book could be described as say natural born killers in space. the third book is best described as a very silly adventure uh, our third author is Gideon Defoe, who is best known for his series of books called The Pirates in an exciting adventure with scientists. and Pirates in an exciting adventure with whaling and so on and so forth. Um, they're wonderful books. They're incredibly silly. I've loved them since I first read the first one, which was, uh, probably eight years ago now. I've always wanted to work with Gideon. He's a really, really clever writer. They're perhaps best known where Aardman made a film of the first books last year. I think they made it over the years preceding that. They released it last year, which was Pirates and an eventual scientist, I believe. Or in America, Pirates, Band of Misfits. It's not a title which I think works as well, but there you go. That's a wonderful film. It's Aardman at their best. And what was remarkable was Gid wrote the entire thing. Normally, when people come calling to make a film of your book, you sign it off and you see it go, and that's the end of your involvement. But Gid wrote that, that film, and he worked with Aardman throughout, and it is a real, real pleasure for us to have him on the list because he is mm. he's a major, major name. He could be out in Hollywood working on scripts, as he sometimes does, but he loves the game. He loved it as a child, and I suspect he loved it as an adult, and he really wanted to be involved, and it was, a, it was a real thrill to have him. Now, the book isn't perhaps quite as silly as the pirate series of books, although it is absolutely a humorous, a humorous book, um, but it does have a plot and a story and a hero, and it's not just a, a, a stream of gag. It is, it is a very, I think, real look at what life would actually be like in the elite universe if you were a backwater boy on a backwater planet and had these dreams of becoming elite, but then came face-to-face with the reality of what it might actually mean. And that book is called Elite Docking
1: is Difficult. <laughs> uh, that, that's a fine title. Yes,
0: that, yeah, yeah, fine everyone likes that one. Um, so three very different books from four very different authors. But what I really want to do and I think I think we have done it, is is to have something for everybody. So if you just want if you want space battles and exploding ships, both elite wanted and nemorensis have got that covered for you. If you want something a bit more personal, then Nemerensis is a book for you. And if you want something a bit more humorous, but absolutely still with its heart set in the elite universe and absolutely taking it very, very seriously, but taking the humour that can be found that is inherent in any sort of like this then, then docking a sister is, is a few and what I really hope is people will read all three there are a couple of um, very very minor things that we tweaked in the book so that they, they sort of line up with each other so there are little easter eggs that you may spot if you read all three
1: and we just wanted to make it feel that you were in the elite universe and it was, a, it was properly thought through and they all fit together yeah no absolutely I mean that uh, that sounds great it does sound like that uh, there's a good widespread in terms of uh, uh, in terms of the draw as well which um, which will be uh, incredible and obviously that adds to the you know the 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 already well catered staples so we've we've got uh we've got quite a, a wide selection there with um with all those and uh, and everything else which uh, sounds fantastic. Absolutely and
0: and what, one of the things that I, I like very much about um, looking at everyone put together their Kickstarters and so on was, was there was that range. There were people saying, I'm gonna try and do this. So you've got the game book, you've got uh, a more humorous take in mostly harmless, you've got people doing uh, anthologies of short fiction. You've got people doing straightforward novels, which really, this and it's really nice, and I think a testament to the game that it can support all of those
1: things. Fantastic. Okay, so. <sighs> We've got the big question out of the way. Yeah. So what are your plans in terms of the methods of release? What uh, what formats are you looking at?
0: Well, this is still subject to change. Because we are talking to Frontier um, obviously, about release dates of the game and so on and so forth. The current plan is that we will release all three books as e-books in middle of May. Possibly early May, possibly late May, but the current plan is the middle of May for the three of the e-books. All on the same day, all at the same time. And then we will do physical editions, and the current plan is going to be ten pound hardbacks, small format hardbacks, so that they they will look very nice. And that will be towards the end of this year. We're going to move it around a bit depending on when the game goes for resale, but the current plan is to do them two weeks apart. So
1: um, and uh, are you looking at uh, any form of uh, of audiobook or uh, or any element like that? Well, it's been discussed, but no, not at the moment. There's an awful lot of support within the publishing
0: company for these books. I mean people see why we're so excited. I- the thing about being a science fiction publisher in a big mainstream publishing house is people look at you a little bit oddly sometimes about what you get excited about, but <laughs> the thing about Orion is it knows that Galantis is very successful at what it does and it supports us, absolutely. I think if these go out and the ebooks sell a huge amount of copies, then we'll probably look at audio, but at the moment it can be very expensive for us to do it and mm. we have a limited amount of resources available for our audio list and there's a possibility that we might get one of them done, but then you start going, well, which one do you do? Is that fair to the authors? So on and so forth. So, so we'll see. If it's, if it's a massive success, then it's possible. If anyone out there is listening to this and wants to come to me and license
1: them and do them themselves,
0: well, you know, we can have a about that.
1: I, I know that Chris Jarvis would probably want to have a chat with you. <laughs> because obviously with, uh, um, which you, yeah, I, I don't know how much of the Live Radio back catalogue you've listened to, but... Um, uh, he's the uh, the producer behind the unofficial uh, series Escape Velocity oh, yeah, and is uh, yeah. doing the audio dramas for the fantastic books. And um, so, yeah, no, he's he's had a, he's had a ball recording those um, had Toby Longworth into uh, to do quite a lot of the reading. Oh, yeah. Um, and yeah, so uh, and set up his own workshop to, you know, to sort of run it and everything else. So, uh, you yeah, know, Chris. I got Chris involved with Late Radio and uh, all he's ever wanted to be is an audio drama producer. So um, so I, I know he'd love to talk to you about
0: it. Well, I mean, it's complicated for us because sure. throughout this process, both with us in Frontier and then with us in the authors, you know, actually contractually and legally it's very, very complicated. Yeah, um, sure. And that, that's not, you know, it's not say that there's ever been a problem, there hasn't, but there's been a lot to work out and, and yeah, adding more information is, is interesting. I, I, You know, I'd be very upset, it? it's all, you know, it's a weird stuff to do, we we, we, we
1: like to correct people if we think we're the right people to do it. Okay, so we're down the uh, the slippery slope towards the ending. So Marcus, I'm going to ask you a few questions that we ask all of our interviewers, um, or interviewees rather, related to your your Elite experience. Of course. Now you mentioned that uh, you played Elite and obviously you're, you're now playing uh, Elite Dangerous, didn't play the two games in the middle so much. It might be something also that has come up when you've you've talked about it to uh, to your authors but i'll I'll ask you first, and then you know you can kind of perhaps fill in if uh, if you know any other details favorite ship
0: favorite ship to play for me of course is the Cobra, because I've only played the original version, and it's the only fly. I very much like I always like the anaconda i don't know why quite, but I like the idea and it's what I think elite did so well. There was always a sense that yes, you were there and you are a little one man fighter, but actually. Real life was going on as well. People are out there mining, and you need cargo transporters to make this all work. You can't, you know, you can't feed a planet on the 20 tons of food in the in the in the in the back of a cobra. You need proper transporters. And I don't know. I just I like the design of them. I like the fact that they were some big and slow and ponderous. Although I, I also, and this is definitely from the Archimedes, so I must have played it at some point. I always quite liked it when you were flying around and a sort of came around and blew up the person who was annoyingly or, just attack someone else because, if they've done something wrong, and you didn't want to get involved. Mm. I think it's always the stuff for me that that made it into a a bigger game and a bigger universe. It's why this is so exciting that's this relaunch and being involved in in the past.
1: Um, I'm assuming that uh, that the other writers uh, um, we're we're not quite sure necessarily what their favourite ships were.
0: No, no. Um, and to be honest, you know, you, I suspect they probably all be up to being interviewed by you at some point.
1: Cool. Okay. Yeah. Well, we're we we're, you know we're, we'll welcome that and. Uh, at any point that um, that they want to, we've we've plenty of space, and and there's four of us, obviously, so we can we can kind of divide it up. Which I'm sure the others will be, uh, they're jealous enough <laughs> as it is uh, that my time fitted in with uh, with your 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 morning schedule. So, uh <laughs> which of the other books there are or or even actually you can you can include the ones in your staple. And this is this is a a, a tough question for you here, Marcus. Okay, I- it's a personal question. Which one are you most looking forward to reading?
0: If I was coming to this. Complete, if I hadn't been involved, if I just mm-hmm. announced it was just an elite fan, and, yeah. and I don't know, some some doppelganger had just announced the three books I'd announced, honestly, and mm, no offense intended to any of the other authors, I suspect it would be Gideon's opposed, just because it would be. I would be mm. to see what someone with that sense of humour and that sort of writing style can do with a science fiction book. Having said that, if you took my three out of the equation, that's a very tricky one. I, I love anthology I always like it when you just get a bunch of different takes on a single subject. I suspect it would be... Is it Tales from the Frontier? That was the working part. It is.
1: It is Tales from the Frontier. Yes, indeed.
0: I'm not sure if that okay. I suspect that would be the one that I'd go through first, just so I could dip in and out, and I could see a few different styles and a few different takes Mm-mm. on the game. Although I'm also I'm fascinated by... You know, I back them because I wanted to support a lead. I also mm. bat them because I'm a science fiction lead. Every single one of them had been thought through and had an interesting idea interesting story to tell. I'm looking forward to having them all on the shelf.
1: Well, Marcus, thank you ever so much for your time. I think uh, I unfortunately hear the, the station alert going, and uh, that means Technician Fosso Forrester has probably broken another vending machine, which means I'm going to have to go and put that down in his appraisal report. Um, I'm sure that uh, we can arrange an anaconda for you to leave the station on, if that would be, that would be useful. Okay, and uh, I'll, I'll get that prepped up, and um, we'll talk to you again soon, and hopefully talk to some of your authors as well. Thank you very much for having me. It's been a lot of fun. Space can be I'm going to see the
0: guy.